are here. are back. And we're back, and we're live, and you know what we need to do? We're not going to say it. We're not going to say it, though. Not yet. Shh. I, I, need, con- I need complete concentration if I'm going to pull this off. I need complete and utter concentration. Name the movie. I don't know. 22 Jump Street. Really? Yeah, I can't promote that movie, though. It's inappropriate. It is hilarious, though. Brad, how are you? I'm good. I think I did something wrong here. Did you break it? I, I may have I may have done something wrong. But I can't start what we're supposed to be starting right now. Really? Yes. I can't get out. Hey, we're not trying to ignore you. We're just trying to get our phones to Hello. work. Hello. How are you? Is it me you're <laughs> looking this for? This is definitely not what you want to be doing right now. Is it something no, in my just eyes? Just stop. I don't know why. Just stop. Is it? Yeah. Do you want to serenade them? I do not want to serenade them. I think we ought to just go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and get started is because uh, yeah. we're ready to go. Yeah, hold on. I, I still got to try to fix this. Okay, I'm going to get started. So before we get started with our message tonight and what the topic is, we're going to do our brain teaser. And Brad loves to make fun of me for not knowing any words that he talks about. You know, what did you say last time? Idiom? Idiom. You yeah. know, I'm not even listening because I finally figured out how to start my watch party. You're a shocker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we um, go. So we okay. talk all the time about e- e- making fun of each other for not knowing words. Y- there was something today you even said that I said something and well, you had to. We can't no repeat it. You, <laughs> you had no clue what we were talking about. <laughs> I just about. didn't want you to repeat it. <laughs> I don't remember it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Brad uses language that most of his generation would know. And I use language that most everyone would know. <laughs> no, because <laughs> I don't. I don't understand half the things you you, True. you and Trevor say. So I decided to give you a question. Okay. Of a word yes. that was formed, probably actually the generation after me. Really? Yes. So here's your a question. Gen, a Gen Brad. Z. A Gen Z phrase. Okay. okay so Brad, it's a phrase or it's a word. Okay, it's a word. What does, and I want to see it in the comments. What does yeet mean according to Urban Dictionary? Yeet. What does could yeet? You, could you spell that for me? Y e e t. When when you really get excited, is it y e e e e t? Yeet. <laughs> sure. That was terrible. But that does not change the definition. Um. What does yeet mean? It, it means tremendous. No. It means awesome. No. It means yes. No. It means you're a dork. Well, maybe. <laughs> what does yeet mean? So what? according to Urban Dictionary, which is Trevor's favorite site for words, right, Trevor? Uh, he lies. He was telling me last you week. You don't have this ready? Well, I've got screen time on my phone, and now it's not working. To yeet means to throw something aggressively. Like, yeet. Do you remember the Simba, the Mufasa thing where, <laughs> where the baboon yeah. was throwing Simba yeah. over the egg? Yeah. That was awesome. I sent that to one of our producers tonight. I, I texted him that that gift. So, all right. So, Brad, you're zero and one for the year. That's terrible. That is terrible. That's terrible. Hey, welcome everybody to generationally. Gener- I can't say it. General- generationally. General. Gen- you know what Gener- I mean. Generationally speaking. Thank you very much. My name is Brad Maddox, and I happen to be the lead pastor here at Crossbridge Community Church. This is my good sidekick, Mr. Jordan Chitwood, who happens to be the young adults pastor. And we're excited about tonight. We are excited about tonight. We are going to look at something that um, is is kind of a topic that, especially what we'll look at, my generation struggles with. Right. And then the next generation, we believe, just based off research, is going to struggle a lot with. Right. And something that yours didn't necessarily we did not, struggle yeah. with. Yeah. When, yeah. We, when we started talking about this, um, it was something that I didn't quite get. And, and I want, well, we'll go into that later. Yeah. So what we're going to be looking at tonight is a question that we receive all the time is, Jordan, Brad, Crossbridge. 
how do I know I'm pursuing my purpose? How right. do I know what my calling is? Why do I feel so miserable? I just feel like I'm going through the motions. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm in the waiting game. What is my purpose? And one of the things that we talked about today was the difference between a calling and purpose. Yes. And and that, and and we really came up to to the understanding of honestly maybe a little different way of looking at things but they're basically the same thing so yeah. when we talk about calling when we talk about purpose tonight we're basically talking about the same thing now yeah a calling may be more of a a spiritual way to say hey I w you know you hear all the time god is, god is calling me into doing this and i yes. feel like i'm being led by god to make this change in a career in a ministry in and whatever it may be yeah but your purpose is really the same thing because god's giving us our purposes also exactly and i think that that's the main part and that's kind of going to be the theme of what so we it's going to be kind of interchangeable tonight just so you don't yeah. get confused yeah and so if that's a question that you've wrestled with or you're wrestling with now man i feel stuck in my career i feel stuck in my job i don't feel like i'm getting fulfilled we hope that this is helpful, but it's also going to be challenging. We're going to push back a little bit yeah. on some common misconceptions. Right. So why don't you start us off yeah. with some statistics? And, and the, the stats actually say this, is that 85% of people basically hate their job. Which is crazy. 80, According to Gallup poll. Gallup poll, 85% yeah. hate their job, which means only 15% really feel engaged. As Forbes, I think it was Forbes that, yeah, that actually Forbes said that, that, did that, that yeah. they feel, uh, let me just read it here, it says that they have this deep connection, this passion for their work. It's you know they feel like they're driving innovation and moving their company forward or even your ministry forward if you're in ministry but yeah. it's one of those things that only and it and it's almost sad it's you know 15% it's also terrifying to yeah that 15% of people it, in the and this was Gallup did the entire world yeah. so they had they pulled from North Korea they or uh, sorry South Korea they pulled from North Africa they pulled from all over the, the world. world and 85%, 85%. Are miserable and hate their jobs right. where they're at. Yeah, and like you said, I and, and and so obviously the people listening to this are, are saying, yeah, there's a good that's majority. Me. Oh yeah. man, I, I I hate my job. Yeah, and so as you think about generations, you know, I think back. Um, it seems like your generation, the millennials, the Gen Zs, people are are affected a little bit more about this, and maybe it's just because yeah. we've been in the workforce longer. Mm -hmm. Many of us have moved up the ladder, if you will. And, and and maybe are doing things, but still, explain, do you think that's a trend that's going to continue to grow and why? Yeah, no. So generationally speaking, I, I actually have seen for a long time that my generation and then Gen Z, the next generation, struggle a lot with what a lot of people will call the waiting game. Okay. okay? Um, and, and that's just kind of the phrase we're going to coin and use sure. tonight of where you know that maybe you have to go to work, pay the bills, okay, but you feel called, you feel like you have this purpose, you are driven to do something different than what you're actually doing. And I see a lot of my peers, a lot of our young adults struggle with being in that quote-unquote waiting game. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're not in the waiting game and they're just going through the motions, but God really wants them to be there. Right. And this is why I think it's so difficult for my generation to, to see through some of that. One is because of lacking resources. Okay. Because uh, we, you know, especially with technology, especially with really being given permission to dream bigger, better, bolder things, um, especially, you know, even just theological discussions. A lot of your generation, like you s we've talked about, is all, this is the way to believe it. This is here's, why. This is why here's what it is. Don't ask questions. Don't yeah. doubt. Just this is it. Just exactly. It. Yeah. yeah. But millennials were given permission to question right. everything. Yeah. But also try everything, I think, too. Right. And parents really pushed, hey, be what you want. Be who you want. Create. Now, the problem with that is, our mindset is usually 20, 30 years farther ahead than what our the means are, what we're able to accomplish because of resources, because of patience, I think is another thing. 
let's be honest. Us millennials lack patience. Yeah, and, and, and I think yeah, and that. I think that's part of it. Is is I think our generation didn't expect to go and and be in their dream career. You know, straight out of college, straight out of yeah. You know, and and honestly, a lot of my generation didn't even go to college. Yeah, you know, true. I didn't go to college. Yeah, and so you know, it's one of those things that that. It wasn't an expectation. I think the expectation now is I go get a good degree, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to make six figures. Yeah. I'm going to be at the height of my game, you know. And and so we didn't – I don't think I expected that. A lot of our generation didn't expect that, that we knew it was going to take some time. Yeah. Where I think there's a little more of an instant gratification thing that is everything so instant in your generation that it's on we, want it, we yeah. want it now. Exactly. And so – and I think that's, you know, for those of us in, in my position that we have to understand, it's a different culture than it was back then. Yeah. And we've got just got to understand that. Yeah. You know, it is so rare. Trevor and I both got hired out of college. Right. Um, and that's a rare commo- a yeah. commodity, right? I know what you One mean. One of those words. It's not the right word, but it's good it's enough. It's close <laughs> enough. That's rare. <laughs> right. A- especially when you see a lot of my young adults, like, graduate with a degree. Right. And then they're stuck like nobody's hiring, especially with the radio or right. with – uh, ministry even right be very difficult and it's one of those things we were actually talking about this before we came on and and we were talking about just my life yeah and um you know i feel like i'm doing what god called me to do right now um i'm fulfilling a person purpose that i never i, I never saw this thing coming you yeah. know I, I really never thought a full-time never even crossed my mind later or you know earlier in life yeah, did you ever see yourself as a lead pastor absolutely not it was <laughs> not, not even three months ago not, exactly <laughs> as a matter of fact but i was telling you it was 45 years. Yeah. I, I was 45, 46 You're years old. You're showing your age a little bit. Yeah, exactly. When I first had my call, if you will, that I felt yeah. like God was saying, you need to leave what you're doing and go into full-time ministry. Yeah. And so I look back now, and I, and I see how God was preparing me all the way through. And like I said, I was I started a business and was at work right out of high school. Yeah. Okay? So at, at 18 years old until I was 45, I can't do that math really quick. 27 years, whatever. Is that right? 27 years. I did that. Um, Man, faster than I did. You know, it was kind of a waiting game yeah. to a certain degree. It was. And, and and I can look back now and say, this is how God was prepping me. This is where, where some of the things that happened. And even after I got into ministry, you know, some things fell apart. Things didn't work out exactly how I thought. But again, it was all God preparing me to to be in, in where I am now. Yeah, and so so many of us, I think, I think there's a few feelings that we might have. One, we have no idea what we want to do with our lives. Right. And that's a struggle that we'll talk about a few next steps you can take a little bit over. If you're like, hey, I don't even know what I'm passionate about. The second area I think people struggle with is they know exactly what they want to do, but no opportunities are arising. And they're kind of like what you talked about. Where right. you, you, when we were talking before, you're like, hey, for that 13 years, for 13 of those years, uh, when I had one job that was paying the bills, it was a good lifestyle. Yeah, yeah I had a gr- yeah. But you even said you said yeah, but I knew that this wasn't exactly where I exactly. was wanting to be. Yeah, there was a job that I was making very good money in, um, having a great lifestyle. I got I was working here when when I got married. Yeah. And and it was one of those things that I knew this wasn't the end. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't want to be there. Honestly, it was one of those things that I hated to go in every day. Yeah. Um. But it wasn't a discouraging thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it was a frustrating thing more than it was a discouraging thing for me. Yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, connecting with the two areas. Again, the the one area of I don't know what I want to do, and the two, I know what I want to do, but I feel like I'm just waiting so long. And we're going to look at a story in the Bible. Uh, it comes from 1 Samuel chapter 16, and this is the story of David. And this was you know, made known to me the significance of David being anointed, being called into what you might call kingship, okay, by God, uh, anointed as king, and how significant this story really is for kind of our topic tonight, 
Okay, so we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 5, and this is what Samuel writes. He says, Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? Jesse responds, There is still the youngest. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. <laughs> that's, that's a great, a lot. that's a lot of reading. That is a lot, but, but it's but powerful too. But the story is, is great. There's several things in there I think we can look at and and one is that it struck me that Jesse didn't even bring up the son. This can't be. He was a nobody. It can't be. Yeah. It can't be David. He was the youngest one. Yeah, youngest he one. He was working in the field. Yeah. So he didn't. He didn't even get to come to the table. At no. First. Yeah. And and I think it was significant that uh, the Lord kept saying it's not about outward appearance. Yeah. Well, then what stuck out to me was then Samuel describes David's him. outward appearance. Right. Right. And I always thought that was interesting. But I th- the other thing is, I think sometimes is is that. You know, as as you're looking at, you know, uh, here I am stuck in a job. Here I am not doing what I want to do. Yeah. The thing that you can do is pursue God. Exactly. Because when all these these other brothers are coming before Samuel, it says that he's looking at the heart, not the outside. Yeah. And so if your heart is, you know, that's what you're working on all those times that, hey, you know, I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not where I am. The thing that you can do is you can just get closer and closer in your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and so David was called probably in his early teenage years. Right. Okay, he was called by God to be the king. Brad, when did David actually become the king? It was like thirty years. It wasn't was it? thirty years, according to Second Samuel five five. Yeah, Second Samuel yeah. five four says that David did not become king until he was thirty and years old. And here's the interesting thing too, if you if you remember that story at all, is that. Saul was chasing David, yeah. you know, and trying to kill him and what have you. There were several times that, that David could have actually killed Saul and become the king. Yeah. And would have had the people behind that. him, True. but yet he wouldn't do it. Yes. And so it was, is I'm going to do it in God's timing. In God's way. In God's even. way. I'm not going to do it in my way. And I think so often what we try to do is we try to force ourselves. Exactly. You know, I want it, I want it now. I want it fast. I don't, I want to, I want to get to there and. And not go through all the tough times, not all the, the learning experiences, the places that I don't want to be, where God is actually probably shaping and molding someone. Absolutely. And you can't bypass that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, going off of that, what David, as soon as David was called, so he went back to being a shepherd. Then, shortly after that, his brothers went off to war. And David followed them off to war to provide meals to them. Right. Okay. Then he fights Goliath. 
Then he becomes Saul's personal servant. Then he becomes a general of an army. Then he runs from Saul because he takes him off. Right. Saul starts to see, wow, this guy's legit. Then he becomes king. He's not just sitting around going through the motions. He is taking right. steps, and he is working, doing whatever. He was playing the harp for King Saul. Yes. Like, this is a guy who was content with being uncomfortable and doing whatever God asked, asked him, him to, to do. do. Yeah, and, and that, you know, and we hear of David being a man after God's own heart. Own heart, yeah. And, and so, again, it comes back to that heart thing. Yeah. Is if you're in a place that I don't want to be, I don't think this is it, you know, what can I do? What can I work on? That is, man, just again, growing your relationship. Yeah. So you got to think another example is Peter. Okay. You got to think of Peter who was what a fisherman probably until his mid twenties. Right. And then out of nowhere, he's called by Jesus to come and be with me, which was probably 15 years past when most young boys or girls would start following a rabbi right. or a teacher. Right. And he's like, Whoa, what? But I think that all of that, and you see all the time, all the examples that Jesus used of fishermen or of, you know, that type of character that it took, that Jesus or God was molding Peter into a future leader of the church. Right. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful is often we get stuck in that waiting room. Right, and and I think the the one thing I want to make sure we get to is something we also talked about today is that people, you know, if you're feeling stuck, I think think that was very helpful. But there's also a thing of making the right decisions that, man, if— what if I what if I don't do what God's calling? What if I miss it? Yeah. What if I miss the one the one thing path you know what, that God has in store for exactly. me? Exactly. And so just talk to that a little bit because I think again I think for some reason it, your generation struggles with this a little bit more than what my generation Absolutely. ever did. Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is actually something that um, our terrible wonderful youth pastor and I had a great conversation with when I was in high school and I was dating my now wife. Right. And I asked Trevor. I said, Hey, how do I know if Marissa's the one? Okay. Right. How do I know if God has her for me? Like she's the one. And Trevor and I had this great conversation of why do we think that God has the one picked out for us or the right job picked out for us? God's not concerned about what we do as much as who we do it with, and that's that's the who is being God. Absolutely. And not the who like the person in our life. Explain that one more time because yeah. I think that could be easily missed. Yeah, so God's not concerned about having the right person as or much, the right, or, or even the, the right, right job, job as much or as being career. paired with the right heart of being paired with God. Absolutely. And so I think so often we say, man, I'm not going to date this person because they're not the one. So, like, for an example, with my mom and my dad, okay, my dad ended up passing away. Right. Okay? My mom is not dating right now, okay? <laughs> but down the road, if she ever did want to date and remarry, well, was my dad not the one? Is this new one right. the one? Right. See, so I think God is so much more. And same with careers. Exactly. I had You've a, changed I, your job so many times. Yeah, exactly. I've been through I don't know how many of them. It's ridiculous. But um, I had a, a college, uh, someone just graduated high school it was, uh, several years ago. Uh, come up to me and, and start talking. And her parents actually asked me to talk to her a little bit. Mm. And she was saying, I, I just don't, you know, I've got this school and this school and this school that, that I'm thinking about. I don't really know what to do. I can't make the decision. Yeah. I just don't want to make, I don't want to make the wrong decision. I want to make the wrong decision. And, and, I, and I told her, I said, God can redeem anything. Yeah. And, and I don't, I said, she was so stressed about, I want to make sure I'm doing what God wants me to do. I don't think God necessarily cared about what, I think he could have worked with her in any school that she went to. Exactly. And when I told her that, it was like, she just went, yeah. And I said, even, you know, it's, it's kind of like shooting an arrow at a target. You know, you shoot the arrow and you miss it. God has this amazing way of taking the target, the, the arrow out of the target Absolutely. and putting it where he wants wants it to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the same idea with our jobs. Absolutely. Um, where we were talking, I could even just have ended up at another church on staff. 
and I believe I'm supposed to be here right now. Right. But if I was at another church, God would have used me Absolutely. all the same. Absolutely. Okay? And there is part of that where God might be calling us somewhere else. Now, and now, now there is another side of this also. Yeah. Is when you're you're living outside of what God is wanting you to do. Exactly. If you're not the lifestyle, you're not pursuing him. Yeah. Yeah. Then there are some consequences of some of our decisions that we make. There's no question. It's yeah. not that, hey, God's just going to make everything all work out. Yeah. You still have to be pursuing him. Wanting to be in a relationship with him, understanding, you know, and, and listening and things. Not that you're not going to make mistakes. Exactly. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have one foot in and one foot out also. Yeah, you have to be all in. Right. And saying, God, this is where I'm at. I'm going to be all in for you. And if I need to be somewhere else, do something else, start chasing something else, then I will. But I'm going to be all in for you right now. Right. And there's actually a quote that yeah. is powerful that we want to share so yeah, why don't you read this quote and, and uh, it's actually from phil visher if you don't know who phil visher is he was a creator of of veggie tales yeah he uh, started big idea uh, an amazing story um business-wise and things you can't get into all that but i i ran across this quote and now the pastor actually uh, posted it on facebook this week and i stole it and i just love oh, this wow we stole something yeah well i stole it from him so anyway <laughs> Here's what it says, and, and read this along, because the more I read it, the more powerful it becomes. And here's yeah. what it says. It says, we're drinking a cocktail that's a mix of Protestant work ethic, the American dream, and the gospel. And we've intertwined them so completely that we can't tell them apart anymore. Our gospel has become a gospel of following your dreams and being good so that God will make all your dreams come true. So I had to peel that apart. I realized I'm not supposed to be pursuing impact. I'm supposed to be pursuing God. And when I pursue God, I will have exactly as much impact as he wants me to have. That is That'll some, preach. I'm telling you what, <laughs> you're going to want to go back and freeze this and, and look at that quote and write it down because that, yeah. unpacking that is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so cool because it really just kind of affirms what we were just talking about, this idea that you might have these dreams to be great. Right. Okay, these dreams to do something more. How can God use you where you're at? Yes. You know? And the other thing that happens sometimes, I think we, you know, we look at all these, these, these great things that we think we need to be doing and, and these grandiose things of, of I should be up front, I should be preaching, I should, and, and you see these other people making a huge impact your job right now may be making a small impact in one or two people's lives. Yeah. And that's as powerful and as in the middle of God's will as anything. Yeah. Now, now let, let us emphasize, sometimes that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know? You might even be looking at us and saying, wow, I could be doing such a better job than Jordan. Probably. <laughs> you could. <laughs> but sometimes it's in the middle of that, what we call yeah. it a grind sometimes, of just working that you're molded into what God has. And back to this quote, I was a little convicted because I, I can't tell you how many times I've stood up here and saying, you want your life to make an impact. You want to yeah. do this. And, and there's truth to that. Yeah. But the way you make an impact yeah. is by that. pursuing God. I love that. Yeah. By pursuing God with all your heart to become an actual follower as Jesus put it. And when you start thinking, looking at the way Jesus called people to live and actually live, man, it, it calls us to a whole other standard. Yeah. And most of us are not willing to do that. Most of us, yeah. I would... I'd be willing to bet 85% right. <laughs> who are feeling miserable right now. Right. Plus the 15%. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody, I think I think when we truly especially living in an on-demand culture, we we don't even understand half of what it takes to live for Jesus. Right. We've right. talked about that all the time is man, we're still missing the mark. Right. Exactly. Um, where God really wants uh, everything. Hey, and, and this is actually something I've been thinking about this week. Um why would God trust me with the big 
if I'm mishandling the small that right now. Tremendous. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's same with finances. Yes. It's same with my job, with my wife. Why would God trust me with a child someday if I'm struggling in these yeah. areas right now? If I'm now? not satisfied exactly. doing what I'm doing now and making a small impact, how's he going to allow me to, to have a bigger impact? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the question I think we need to wrestle with ourselves is what about my situation right now is really causing the issue? Right. You know, Am I feeling stuck? Am I in the waiting game? Am I miserable? And it goes back to what Paul says: I can be happy in any circumstance. Exactly. And yeah. and, and and when you say happy, again, understand that we're talking about a peace and a joy and a contentment of yeah. And that comes from being where God wants you to be and and understanding God is working out your life story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It took David twenty years exactly to get there. So so if. If some people are sitting here saying, you know what, I do hate my job. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm scared to death to make a decision. Next steps. Yeah, so a few next steps as we wrap up tonight. First, whatever situation you're in, maybe you love your job. Maybe you're like, man, I love my job, and I'm terrified God's going to call me to something different. Okay, And that's happened to me twice. And, yeah, I know it has. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. You know, that could be the case, too. Wherever you're at, we want you to private message us, okay? Shoot us an email or a Facebook message us. Get in contact with us. Uh, We have a Next Steps pastor, Kim, okay? But then also we could, if you're more comfortable with me, if you're more comfortable with Brad, some of you might like Trevor more. Not sure why, but if you do, we'll put you in contact with Trevor, okay? I suppose we have to. If we have to. (laughs) And so there's just those different things. Private message us, and then that will bring us to the second thing that we usually do. Usually when people are wrestling with What's my purpose? What's my calling? What am I struggling with? We always love to do a few personality Absolutely. tests. Absolutely. And, you know, we do a, a DISC profile to give you a personality test, and, and this is crucial uh, for understanding how God has wired you. There's some there's some uh, gift tests that uh, you can also some do. Spiritual, spiritual gifts, some, spiritual some gift strength test. finders tests that exactly. we've done in there's, the past. There's all kinds of things that when you start understanding how you're put together, why why you're feeling the way, way some of you are feeling, why you interact with other people mm-hmm. because of personality, I'm telling you, it can change the way you look at your job, your relationships, your marriages, your the way you react to your, your entire kids, life, yeah. your entire life, it's 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 eye opening. Yeah, and this is probably this last next step that we want to give is probably, in my opinion, the biggest next step. Okay, <laughs> yeah. and this is one that a lot of us struggle with because often we want to wait to do this until our lives are in the right place, right. or our lives are fixed, or we know what we want to do. What we want to suggest is get involved in serving. Okay, and not. I'm not making an ad for Crossbridge, okay? That'd be great for you to volunteer sure. here. But a lot of people want, again, the full meal, the full course meal right away. Sometimes you need to work your full-time job and then pursue your passions and volunteer work elsewhere. Right. So, like, if you love sports, this w- with one of my young adults I was just meeting with, loves sports and loves kids. He's stuck working at a job that pays the bills, so we're going to get him involved with C3 Sports. Right. Uh, you know, some people love working with the homeless people, homeless shelter, okay, or love serving the, the needs of others, okay? Get involved in something like that. It is – there's never a better time to use your gifts in another area than And it now. may even be an area uh, – the very first serve I ever did in a church, I was it was an Awana program. You probably don't have any idea what that is. Was that like a yeet? Yeah, it's kind of like a yeet. <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> but it was basically a bunch of little kids in, in, a, in a big room – Playing these game competitions between each other and things like that, and I thought I'd kill him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it just—it wasn't me. It wasn't you know, <laughs> it really wasn't me. But it led me to another serve, to another serve, to another serve. Exactly. To the point that they asked me to run a basketball program in the church. You're crazy. And I said, <laughs> and I said, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> Which led me to a point of feeling God calling me into sports ministry full yeah. time. Yeah. And so if I wasn't serving, if I wasn't trying these things, God would not have 
been able to move me into that direction. Yeah, it's one of our uh, individuals, ladies, that run some of our social media posted the verse this week. I think it was from First Peter that just says, hey, you all have these gifts. You all have these passions, these talents. Start using them in yes. any way you can. Any way you can. And whether it's serving Crossbridge, whether it's volunteering somewhere, whether maybe you just want to get involved in something, start small. Like we were talking about, God can't trust you with the big picture if he's not if you're not mastering right. the doodling right right now exactly you know it may be the rescue mission if outside of churches it may be rescue mission maybe cares house yeah there's all kinds of, of places that you can volunteer yeah and the reason we at. like to do the personality test first is because that might give you some of your interests right of like hey this is what i'm interested in so hey thank you so much for joining us yeah. tonight as we talk about this um we look forward to next week we're going to dive into another topic but i actually wanted to give a promo tomorrow we are posting another podcast yes officially and it is called through the lens which is an amazing and you've seen name. a promo yeah it is through it is amazing our youth pastor is doing that with uh the generation z yes okay gen z. gen z so there's gonna be middle schoolers to start for the first few episodes and then we'll weave in some high schoolers and stuff right but basically it's a podcast of how does generation z view the world right view life view faith spirituality sexuality life science all of it it's gonna be good it's gonna be good so tomorrow night at six o'clock find the video either on youtube or you can listen to it on spotify and itunes six o'clock tomorrow it's gonna be great thank you so much for joining hey, us you have a quick promo about sunday oh a quick promo uh i'm preaching this sunday there's the promo there you <laughs> go it's gonna be awesome yeah we'd love for you to join us at nine o'clock <laughs> or ten thirty i'm talking about money did you cringe? So did I. Exactly. I'd love to see you then. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great Have week. Have a great weekend.